Hi, this is Donna Valentino. Welcome to Kick It With Donna. Are you ready to get real? Let's talk. Hi, this is Donna. Welcome back. Glad you guys joined us again this week. I'm saying us because I have a special friend with me today. Carla Nunn has done a podcast with me at least once, maybe twice before. And it's been a while, so I had to get her back in here to do something really cool with me. We are going to talk today about the joy of traditions. And I thought it'd be kind of nice to kind of go over what traditions we like. And I'm going to let Carla go first on this because my story is probably could be longer because <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a before and after story. So I'm going to let Carla go first on this. Carla, tell me about your traditions that you do with your kids. Well, mine's a before and after too. Okay, good. Yep. Like before and um, after. Yes. So been divorced now four years. So we've had a little transition, but I try to keep it the same because, you know, the kids loved what we did before. Even though it's different now, doesn't mean it's bad. You know, we all have to get overcome certain things. Um, but what we like to do prior to the divorce was we would, on Christmas Eve, we would all have Christmas Eve dinner, and I would cook Christmas Eve dinner. And before we would eat, we would open up one present. And I, the present was our pajamas. So we each got okay. custom pajamas. <laughs> okay. And then we would put on our pajamas before we would eat dinner. That's kind of cool. Yeah, never so heard we were casual, okay. you know. And but it was like they got to open one gift, but they knew it was their pajamas. But it, we all got to get relaxed. We have the Christmas music going. I'd cook dinner, and after we'd eat dinner, we would open up our stockings. The big thing in our house was having all the stockings filled with little trinkets and funny little things that they could do because I would fill them, stock them up so heavy. Gee, why does that surprise me? Okay. <laughs> right? Okay. So, um, and that was just a fun tradition for us, eating dinner in our pajamas, our Christmas pajamas, and then opening our stockings. Um, and then we would always watch the Christmas Carol. That was our tradition. And we would eat cookies and um, get to bed early. Well, the oh, kids would. Of course, yeah. because, you know, Santa has to come down the chimney <laughs> yes, it, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Mama's got to kiss Santa. <laughs> so, um, and then we'd wake up on Christmas morning and open all the presents, and they got to experience all that as well. Um, and I would always have a Christmas brunch around 12 or 11 or 12, where we'd invite friends and family over, mostly friends who didn't have family in the area. Okay. And that way we were able to um, experience you know, bringing people in that didn't, weren't able to do what we did the night before. Oh, it's bringing joy to other people. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Now, now prior to the divorce, I still do the same things, but I only do it every other year because every other year. Uh, Right. You have Christmas and then he has Christmas. Okay. Yes. So I have Christmas this year. Okay. And I'll do the same thing. It's just now it's just the kids and I, and the first year it was rough. You know, obviously it was, you know, we're... Oh, sure, transition is We're rough. in a different place. Um, but I made sure I wanted to keep a lot of things the same. And that was, we st- still open up our pajamas. I still cook dinner. We still open up the stockings. We still watch the Christmas Carol. And we still invite friends over. So really a lot of things just hasn't hasn't changed. And I want to keep that so, you know, that the kids can add something to that later on down the road, you know, and carry that on. So does your ex do the same thing? No. 
He does not. No. Oh, so he. Oh, so, so you keep your tradition of what you did before the same, but he does his own thing. He does his own thing. Okay. Yeah, and so, um, and you know, we've all had to adapt to that. But I wanted to keep that going. It was something I actually started, and so for me, it was easy. For him, he would just show up. So right, right. You know, I'm sure if he once gets remarried, that maybe in the, a more stable environment, home environment they'll create their own traditions and move on but well do you do you kind of feel in a way that because you're a woman you kind of start a tradition and you keep that tradition whereas and I don't, I'm not I'm not dissing men in any way because there are some men that mm-hmm. probably would have their own tradition mm-hmm. do you feel that the woman kind of brings that to the table um I would say 95% of women are going to bring that to the table. And Mm. yes, it was the case with myself Um, because I did. I literally started that. It was an idea that um, I started because it didn't happen in my family. I was just going to go there. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, let's go back to my, um, I remember, you know, the lights, the Christmas tree, all that. But my mom was an ICU nurse. And so she opted to work holidays because she she got paid more time and a half to work holidays. So my mom was never around. How interesting is that? Okay, so that goes back to the man-woman thing again. So mm-hmm. did your dad do anything different or special? There was, there was nothing, anything, there was never anything set. That's why I wanted to make sure I set something mm. later on. Um, we would always go to my grandmother's house, my dad's mom, and that lived um, about an hour and a half away. So every holiday we would end up going there, and my grandmother always had a dinner and then she'd have all the grandkids over and we'd open gifts and then we would sing a lot of the my family members played the piano and we'd sing christmas carols and stuff like that so that was stuff that i kind of grew up on but it was nothing ever in the home with both my mother and father interesting yeah so so did so did your mom feel good about christmas you just preferred to work because she made more money yeah I mean then only to find out later on she would end up going on vacations with her friends that worked on opposite you know opposite days like so they would go on vacation two weeks after Christmas with the other nurses that worked you know so okay I don't know I just didn't want to you know do that going into my my family. Well, you wanted to set something up for your kids that meant something mm-hmm. and, and continue it right. so that it continues to mean something. Yeah. She was very independent. Um, she loved to travel. She loved to, you know, loved to go on vacations and things. But when it came to the family and home and traditions, that just wasn't... It wasn't her forte? No. So Did you find that sort of a slight in a way as you got older? I felt like I missed out on some mm, things. You I'm know, sure. I would go to other people's houses and see what they were doing and how they had certain things. And um, I, I, I gravitated to that. I actually oh, sure. f- wanted to spend the night over at my friend's houses more well, than I would want. sort of a to. feeling of belonging, I would mm-hmm. think. Right? Yeah. If you're celebrating a holiday and you go to someone else's house and it's they have all the stuff, they mm-hmm. do all the traditions or whatever that you don't do at home. Right. And you long for that. As a kid, but then as you grow older, you know, I just had the opportunity when I got married to be able to set my own and, you know, my own canvas, basically. Um, It was a little awkward at first because it wasn't something that was just natural and handed over to me. So I had to work through a lot of things, as we've talked about with the other podcasts, the nurturing part that I never received from my mother. Well, these are nurturing things that I think would have been a part of all that, that just so I guess what I have to look at her 
her family mm-hmm. and what they did. And it was traditional, but there was nothing that was consistent either. So somebody has to stop it. Or somebody so, has to start something new. Or start something new. Mm. So you either stop a behavior or you start a behavior. And so there's a lot or of things. Or you don't that, continue or you behavior. don't continue. Right. right. So this was just something that I, you know, I had to, to start, which, you know, it did bring me joy because, you know, when we were talking about the topic today, it did bring me joy to be able to start something like this with my kids. But then for it to be ended, I made sure four years ago in the divorce that I was not going to end that because that brought me joy, brought the kids joy. Just because a certain, you know, the divorce happened doesn't mean that I necessarily have to stop the traditions. So No, and I think that when, when kids go through a divorce, and I'm not making a light of you going through a divorce because mm-hmm. I know I've been there too. I know mm-hmm. what that is. But when kids go through a divorce, it's a very tough transition for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. because all of a sudden what they knew is not no longer Mm -hmm. and now they have to get used to being with you and they have to get used to being with your ex and and things change Mm -hmm. and they don't know all the circumstances behind it either and they never and they can't really understand it right right so you just have to do the best that you can do and if i can encourage anybody that's either a going through a divorce been through a divorce this is their first christmas after a divorce because it's it's out there Mm -hmm. um is as much as possible maintain the traditions that you had to an extent and because it gives a sense of consistency and it will continue to bring you joy in the future because it will pass those first Thanksgivings, those first Christmases, those first everything will pass and the kids still look for that sense of tradition. And so, so you feel like it's something that they still look forward to. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, um, you know trinity and xavier both know their stocking is full right now they can't wait you know where i have to tell them don't let me catch you looking in there oh (laughs) that'd be tough boy that if i knew there was a stocking full of stuff Mm -hmm. for me hmm. i have to put little tissue paper on the top so they you know because they try to look you know um so yeah it's it's the running joke that if you look and i catch you then you get nothing Ooh, that mm. would be that's that's not good. That's a stinger. That yeah. that would sting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy with that. So on uh, Christmas Eve, is there something that you traditionally make all the time? Or you kind of change it up every year. I will change it up. Um, we actually do steak and crab legs. We've done that steak for, and crab legs for the last three years. I have not known anybody to put those two things together. Mm-hmm. Steak and crab legs. Okay, I'm coming to your house. For <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Well, it's because. Xavier loves uh, crab legs and Trini loves steak. They both like eat both. And okay. so I want to make each one happy because right. that's your favorite thing. Right. Yeah. And so one day a year we'll steam them all up and um, we'll make steak and we, the butter, the corn, the, the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm, well, it yeah. sounds like, it almost sounds like the Texas State Fair minus crab legs. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, my story is kind of simple. Well, Actually, my story is probably a little bit different than yours because I have a, a definite before and after, too. And anyone who's uh, listened to my podcast, previous ones, know that I grew up, was born into a Catholic family. And then after I was born, there was 18 months between me and my brother. And somewhere in that 18 months, my mother became a born-again Christian. Her sister kind of brought it home. And that did not fare well in a Catholic family. That was not fun times. So I remember as a child, the Christmas tree, 
My dad had a train set. In fact, he had the Lionel train sets mm, under the tree. Mm-hmm. We were not allowed to touch it. We could only look at it. But that was cool because it would go, you know, choo-choo mm-hmm. around. It, was, it had a little steam thing, and he had the little villages. And we would decorate the tree. And I think it was a real tree, but I'm, reach, I'm reaching. Mm-hmm. I, it could have been fake. Angel hair was something that my mother liked on the tree. Do you even know what that is? Yes, I do. All right, I was freaking allergic as crap to it, <laughs> but I didn't realize that as a child. Okay, till later. So till later. So you know, we'd hang this, you know, angel hair on the tree and decorate the tree. It was beautiful, and I'd look forward to my aunt and uncle coming for dinner. My mother was a great cook. So for Christmas Eve, it was fish every year, and I guess the Italians do that, mm-hmm. they do fish, so if you don't like fish, you're kind of screwed, <laughs> um, and she would just do, oh, God, we'd go to Freeport and buy eel, mm-hmm. um, all right, I call, I know that's, I know it's um, calamari, it's squid, I used to call them socks, of course they're not socks, right. but to me, she would stuff it, and it looked like a stuffed sock, and she'd make some great stuffing in, inside with tomato sauce. Anyway, loved Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day usually was at our house, and we'd have family come over. And I just can remember my mother, again, such a great cook, would make, God, I can't even remember what she'd make. There was so much food you could have fed a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. How many were there of you? Uh, probably at least 12. Mm. So we had a full dining room table of people. Yeah. And uh, I know that my uncle did not eat fish, so I don't remember how he fared on <laughs> on Christmas Eve. But uh, but you know, of course, the gift opening that was always special. And I can even remember a couple of items as a kid of things that I opened that were just really cool. So moving right along past that, um, I got real. The whole born again thing became um, a weight, just because she kind of took it to the nth degree. And you couldn't reason. There was no reasoning. This is my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And I finally got tired of my way, and I took the highway. Right. Um, But I I was sort of so upset with her demeanor and her lifestyle change that she made and was trying to push on me that I left. And I remembered thinking very clearly, like it happened yesterday, these people are screwed. And I left. So when I left, I was I took my pissed offness out on God mm-hmm. and felt like it was his fault when really God had nothing to do with this. It was the it was the messenger, not the message. Right. Okay. But I was too she young went, even yeah, at she, you didn't know she she was going to the extreme. Exactly. Right. You can't there's nothing I could really do to control that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that at the age of nineteen, I'm like, I gotta go. Right. So I married a Jewish man, and because I was so fed up with what I was raised with and ticked off at God over it, I did not want to pursue that avenue. So he was so, an Orthodox Jew? He wasn't Orthodox. Okay. He was, um, I'm going to say conservative, but we mm-hmm. went. I went and converted to Reform Judaism mm-hmm. because in the Jewish faith, if the mother is not Jewish, then the children aren't mm-hmm. considered Jewish. Okay. So even though it it wasn't really, I didn't really feel good about it. I felt like I was doing something for my future children. Mm-hmm. So I converted. So I raised my kids Jewish. And to be really honest with you, and I have a lot of Jewish friends, 
it was I never felt comfortable with it. It I didn't feel it in my heart. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I embraced. And there are people that convert, and they're into it. They want to do this. They want to learn the um, the, the Hebrew songs, and they want to raise their kids Jewish. More power to you. Mm-hmm. I was not one of those. Mm-hmm. It never felt good to me. So we did the Hanukkah thing. And I think the thing that was probably the most frustrating to me was that my 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 husband, who's now an ex, was never really into the whole um, going to temple on the high holy days or any of that. So it was, everything was on my part was a push. Like I was always trying to push for him to be more active in. When you weren't even. When I was not even really freaking here. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, I'm really reaching here for this. Okay. So I was looking for some support Mm -hmm. on lighting the candles. Aren't you supposed to like sing something or do something? Could could you freaking help me out here? Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and I didn't have that. So I found that a little bit frustrating, and I would light the candles, and we'd, it, the, the deal was you, you got one gift a night for the eight days of Hanukkah. So I kept up with that for a couple of years, and then as the kids got older into their teen years, it became more like you know one or two gifts, and we kind of let the lighting of the candles go. So after doing that and then getting divorced, so my kids are they're Jewish, but they're also half Italian. So you've never done a Christmas with your kids? Never. Okay. Okay, Christmas tree was, okay, and, and again, I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody Jewish who's listening to this, okay? Christmas tree was like not happening. Not even, don't even think about it. Just don't even talk about a Christmas tree. So what winds up happening is that in a Jewish family, oh, yes, they have some Jewish friends, but most of their friends are not. Right. They go to school with kids who are Christian, so they have the Christmas tree, and they have the, they go Christmas caroling, they have gifts to open. It's a whole different ball game that my kids never got to experience. Okay, so it, my memories as a child were so beautiful mm-hmm. of that, and then I couldn't, didn't, couldn't share that with my kids, so I went, because I went down this other road. Nothing wrong with that other road. I'm just saying that my heart was never in it. So after we got divorced, I had an accident. Um, again, anyone who's listened to my podcast, I had a, a, a traumatic brain injury from an ATV, basically, that fell on my head. So I'm lucky to be having a conversation, period. And God left me with my brain, mm-hmm. which I'm eternally grateful for that. But it took, even after my accident, as I'm laying in a bed, cannot move my left arm whatsoever. I have double vision. I have no sense of smell or taste. And I went from going 90 to nothing to nothing. I didn't really even think about God then. It was a couple of years later. I was visiting someone who actually was coming to the hospital to see me. He was dating uh, one of my friends. And he got sick. He had congenital heart failure, Mm -hmm. which is... For he could have been like 53, fireman, built up, great guy. I'm like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. Went to visit him at the hospital and coming home, uh, driving along, the weather's kind of crappy, and I'm in the right-hand lane, and somebody on my left side decided they, they see this exit coming up, and they, oh, I need that exit. Well, I don't think that person even saw me there. Cut me off by a hair, probably missed me by a hair. I had both hands on the wheel. I slammed on the brakes. Guy gets on his exit like nobody's business. I don't even think he knew I was there. 
And something said to me I was supposed to like scream or shake or something because I it was a near miss. And I didn't either. I got home. I slugged down that glass of wine that I poured before I left to visit this guy at the hospital. And I did something that night I hadn't done in decades. I thanked God that, for saving my life twice. I hadn't prayed since I was a kid, since I was a teenager. And now all of a sudden, I pray every night. And it's not like what I was brought up with. You get on your hands and knees, you clasp your hands, mm-hmm. you by the bed of the by your bed at the bedside and mm-hmm. and you you know, you you pray to God. There was nothing religious about it. Nothing. It was done out of the just the your heart. My heart. That. Okay, mm-hmm. so the way I chose to look at this was that first of all I was grateful. And secondly, why does my relationship with God have to be in a building, in a church? Why do I have to sing hymns? Why do I have to clasp my hands? Shouldn't my relationship with God be from my heart to his ears? Mm-hmm. Why, did, why do any of these other extraneous things need to be added? Now, don't get me wrong. If you like going to church and you want to sing hymns and you're all into it, knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. Because of where I came from and what I went through, I made a different choice. Well, I think that's what the world is actually missing, even around these times of Christmas. They, they miss the point of it. And it's not out of the heart. It's out of a structure and feeling like you have to do something because everyone else is doing it. But in the reality of it is you have your own personal relationship, and it can be done anywhere. Praying God is everywhere. If he's the creator and you believe that and he created you, Right. Then you don't have to go somewhere to acknowledge him. You, it, and, you, and you're so right. And I can't tell you how many times I'll be driving along. I, if, I like answers to questions. All right. Sometimes you don't get those answers. Or sometimes they don't come when you're expecting them. Mm-hmm. They could come when you're not expecting them. And I just remember reading something that put me in a really good place because it, I did a little research on what I read. And I got an answer to a question. And you know what I did that day? I said, thank you, God. Thank you for answering my question. It wasn't on my timeline, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter right. because you answered a question. Right. So for me, now my kids, my but daughter. did it make you um, think back to your childhood and almost have empathy for your mother being so religious when it's almost like she didn't have this personal relationship like you did, but you could the things that you learned from the Bible, maybe, or things that were said, did it come back as maybe an understanding of why your mom's where she's at? That's a whole nother ball of wax. And I think that the little bit of research that, I mean, very quickly, it was an article on ISIS and how they brainwashed their children, mm-hmm. okay? With math, okay, mm-hmm. simple math, like you go to elementary school here and then two plus two equals four and they'll, they'll, they'll have four apples, mm-hmm. okay? Well, there, it's two plus two equals four machine guns or tanks <laughs> or bombs, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. And the article went into saying how these kids got so, they, they were brainwashed mm-hmm. into believing that everything was a bomb or a tank or a machine gun. So they taught, they brainwashed their children with, Violence. That's true. Okay? But I, I read the article. I was fascinated by the word brainwash because, I, as 
as I would joke, and I like to joke sometimes, a lot actually, how my mother brainwashed my brother and I. And I decided to Google religious brainwashing. Well, shit, did I get my answer? Wow. What an amazing article. You know why? Yes, it exists. Yes, it's done. Those, those children, those ISIS children, they could not recover from what they learned because when children are young, they're sponges. Mm-hmm. They pull everything in because that's what you're teaching them. Mm-hmm. I was able to overcome this, not without work. It wasn't without work because I was able to recognize it for what it was at the age of 19 and left. Okay? So... I can't speak for my brother on this one because he just took it all and threw it in the trash mm-hmm. and never really tried to see beyond. It wasn't, there's nothing in the Bible that's bad. There's no message in there that's bad. In fact, if anything, there are lessons of life. It was the way that message was delivered, mm-hmm. which was why I was so pissed. Right. Okay? So now, coming forward, in this point in my life, when I wrote my second book, I put in there that I believe in God and I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I am going, I speak up for this now because it means something to me. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't mean anything to my kids, that's their choice in life. They're adults, they can make their own decisions. But I have a Christmas tree. So you do now? I do. Mm-hmm. So I had, I, this is the board, this is the after story. Mm-hmm. So now I've gone from, what I was brought up with, back to it, except that my heart is in it. Mm. Okay, so there's a huge difference of going through something where your heart is not there. And, and how then, many years have you done this? Oh, it's probably been four years. Okay. Yeah, it's probably been four years. Have your kids embraced it? I think my daughter is probably more open to it. Hey, well, this is, it's not really funny. It's kind of funny, but it's not. They're, they are Jewish, but they don't date Jewish people. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm so they're just probably going to date somebody that, spade. Yeah, they're probably going to date somebody that does Christmas. Exactly. You're right. So, so in this day and age, in the year of 2017, you could keep the pole shoved up your ass and pretend it doesn't exist, or you can remove the pole and realize that if you are with somebody who is not Jewish, you are going to be celebrating both. So I have a Christmas tree. My sweetheart calls it my Charlie Brown Christmas tree. (laughs) But it's actually a beautiful tree. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I do the tree my way. So did I go back to what my parents had as a tree? Nope. I went on a different route. Mm -hmm. And I bought a tree that looks like a tree with little lights that are already in it. You snap it in half. You plug it in. Boom. There's your tree. There it is. And then you decorate the tree. Yeah, but your tree is beautiful with the birds. Oh, my God. I love love my tree. Yes, it's great. So my son, he, his girlfriend is also not Jewish. So she put up a little tree and I have a Christmas dinner and I have, you come over, we eat and we open gifts. Do you make something the same? I well, all right, all right, I take the lazy man way out. Okay, I'm just saying, okay, after many years. No judgment over here. No, no, after many years of always making dinners without any help, okay, it was Donna and Donna and Donna. The three Donnas made dinner. Thanksgiving, Christmas, you name it, 
Donna did it all, which is fine. Well, now Donna has a couple of injuries from this accident. So me lifting a turkey and putting it in an oven, ha, 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 that's right. not happening. The turkey will be on the floor. Mm -hmm. So I realize this, and I accept it for what it is, and I go, order food from Whole Foods. I order a turkey, cranberry sauce, stuffing, mashed potatoes, you name it. There's a reason why they have it already. That is correct. And, and guess what? takes all the stress mm. out of doing all of that mm -hmm. because let's let's just go to review this you have to shop for all the stuff you have to prepare all this the chopping mm -hmm. the making the cleaning up the leftover it, it's it's a process mm -hmm. i don't have to go through that process anymore you know why took the easy man way out because we still have dinner if you're having your children over for dinner you're having friends over you're having family you're having that connection with those people that you love. Isn't that what it's about anyway? Right. Right? You're mm -hmm. having people at your table that you love and want to share time with, and you're, and you're making food or serving food. Either or, it doesn't matter. So what I do now is I try to find different traditions. And for the last four years in a row, I bought tickets to um, whatever show is in town mm -hmm. in December. So I think three years ago I bought tickets to Jersey Boys, so my son and his girlfriend, the three of us went. Outstanding show. <clears throat> and then the year, the next year after that, we saw the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yep. All right. Funny as crap. And then this year, we're going to see The King and I. So that's just something I like to do. Mm -hmm. So the three of us, or now it's the four of us, because now I have a honey in my life, mm -hmm. um, we'll get to see a great show around the holidays. Mm -hmm. And it means something to yeah. me because I do it with my heart. Right. So will there be new traditions? Yeah, as I think of new ones. Maybe when grandchildren come. Oh, God, please. <laughs> oh, I know my day is coming. Uh, it's coming. Now, I don't know which one, but. My daughter's older. She's 28. I don't think she's even in the realm. I would see Jordan way before. I kind of agree with you on that. He's 24. Maybe not in the next few years, but... I'm not, let's put it this way. I'm not in any hurry. You guys take your sweet old time. What are you going to be called, Gigi? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you know what? He, you know what I think you're called? Whatever your grandchild names you. Mm, mm -hmm, yeah. Whatever they can get out of their mouth. Because I think the word grandma is tough. Mm -hmm. So I've heard... God, what does Carla's kid, grandkids call her? Nana? Oh, is, is it, it Nana? No, they call her something else. Oh, God, I can't think of it. Some weird name. I think it's Spanish. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I can't think of the name of it. But, but that, talking about the traditions, like what was before, what you have now, and what you'll have when you have grandchildren, they, they could change. This Those is true. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what I have, and I'm, and I'm also proud of being able to make that transition mm -hmm. to go from where I was as a youngster go through all those years of marriage, go through an accident, mm -hmm. and come out on the other side and be able to have a Christmas tree and, and make my own traditions. And your heart's in it. And my heart's in it. So I'm, I don't know um, about what other people do. Everyone has their traditions, mm -hmm. and they probably differ. Yours is very unique, actually. I, um, that's pretty cool. I'm going to remember that. Steak and crab legs. That's, that's definitely <laughs> In cool. your pajamas. In your pajamas. So 
That's even more original because if you're in your pajamas, you're already in comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You're not, you know, have your jeans buckled tight around your right. waist and your your boots on and your sweaters that are heavy and yep. so you can throw down and expand. Yes. <laughs> well, you unbutton the pants when no one's looking. Right. You cover it with the sweater mm -hmm. and go. Okay, no one can see that I'm being a fat f right now yep. and mm -hmm. my stomach's hanging out. But um, whatever my kids get from this, they get. Whatever they choose to continue, they can continue. If they don't like it or it's not for them, then bring, then have your own traditions. Mm -hmm. We're, you're adults. Do what feels good to you. Mm -hmm. I think the thing I would tell my kids, and I've always said this to them, be true to yourself. Whatever feels good to you is the right thing to do. If it doesn't feel good to you, it's not, not the right thing. Mm -hmm. You need to feel good about it. And I can only say that because I've been there. I was that person who did something that just was, ugh, like nails on a chalkboard. I don't want you to have that. You should have what feels good to you. And you know what? You might not even know what that is until you have your own kids. Absolutely. Right? Uh, absolutely, because I didn't even think about that when I was by myself. Single, not married. Right, why would you? Yeah, who cares? There's no point. It's always about somebody else. It's always about somebody else, and but I think after you have children, it's about them. Mm -hmm. Your whole focus shifts from what's good for you, mm -hmm. what's good for them. Well, how can I make their world special? Mm -hmm. How can I make this a special time for them? So at the end of the day, it's their choice, whatever feels good to you. But um, I know because I, I did a little bit of uh, Googling on this, because I don't know if everyone listening here is here in Dallas, so this might mean nothing to you if you're not. But in Dallas, we have quite a few places where you can go see holiday lights. And even if you're Jewish, you might actually appreciate that, because it's pretty. pretty. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. People go, they deck out their houses. I mean, some people can go a little tad over the, over the top. They usually wind up on the news shows. <laughs> and you look at that and you go, oh, my God. If that was my next-door neighbor, mm-mm, right. not happening. But um, we have a couple of really nice places around uh, in Dallas, around Dallas, that are pretty cool. I myself live in Addison. There's a great little apartment complex in Addison called uh, Vitruvian. And I think it's Fiora, Fiori, uh, Fiori. There's two different apartment complexes there that they have a park that they light up. It's called Vitruvian Lights. It's one of the most beautiful things they've ever seen. They take every tree and they dude it up with different, this tree might be red, that one might be blue, that one might be green, this one could be gold. And you feel like you just walked into a winter wonderland. Absolutely stunning. And I'm embarrassed to say I've never walked it. I've driven by it. That's really embarrassing because I live about a mile away. That's rude. Anyway. Christmas? Go, to, go tomorrow. I, you know what? I'm going to take my honey and say, we need to go see okay, this. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, to walk through it. Right. When it's not like it is today, which is like God awful crap we're getting today. Yeah. Um, Christmas in the square in Frisco. Apparently they do a bang up it's, job up yeah. there. Have you seen it? I've seen that one. I've been to that one. Okay. It's gorgeous. It's so nice. I mean, and you can walk and go down different avenues and see the restaurants and the shops and and everybody just, just decks it out. Yeah, and, and and you can be eating dinner and look out. Oh no, see. it's it's yeah. something uplifting about it. Mm -hmm. To be able to sit down and eat dinner and you can see all these beautiful lights. And apparently they have an ice rink over yeah. there. Mm -hmm. They do. Okay, so that's kind of cool. Around the tree. 
the big tree. Oh, you're not lit. getting me on skates for love, no money. Me neither. Not I happening. mean, I'll watch. Yeah, I'll watch someone else fall. <laughs> um, now, I've done this one, Prairie Lights and Grand Prairie. I Have you ever done that mm-hmm. one? It was a couple years ago, and I went on... They do, oh, it's about four miles of lights that they put up. Do you drive it or do you? You can, you can drive it, but the person I was with at the time, we got on like a, like a pontoon, mm-hmm. okay? So you can you go on this 45-minute pontoon ride, and you can see all the lights. Absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. I forget how many lights, something like two, mi- two million lights or something. Beautiful. Um, I've never been to the Texas Motor Speedway. Okay, but apparently they have the gift of lights there. And, and if you're used to seeing NASCAR race on there, you are seeing anything but. You're seeing some beautiful lights. Wow. Never been there. I love the Arboretum. Mm. The Arboretum oh. is like classic. classic. It's wide open. It's beautiful. And they do the 12 days of Christmas there. And what a display this is. I, I think it takes them three weeks just to set, set this up. up just absolutely stunning you know you just have to kind of pick your day on the weather you know but in Dallas you can kind of get away with being out in December Mm -hmm. and seeing seeing lights walking outside tour of lights in Farmer's Branch I'm one town from that I've actually driven through it also very pretty I've never heard of the interlocking lights in Arlington have you Mm -mm. it's supposed to be gorgeous I don't live anywhere near there which is no excuse the Christmas tree in Highland Park, that's yeah. supposed to be yep. stunning. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a few times. Is it beautiful? Beautiful. Okay, it's no excuse on my part. I need to do it. Didn't you live there? Highland Park? No, oh, I did not. Close? Mm-mm. Oh. Nope. Never, I, it's, it's basically um, not a poor man's neighborhood. <laughs> it's, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is the, the top. This is the cream of the crop up mm. there. And apparently they do like an amazing display of lights which is yep. i i need to do it yeah there's no excuse for me and then apparently deerfield Hol- holiday lights is supposed to be beautiful yeah. and i've never done that either mm-hmm. so i'm really lame because i've done three things on a list of 10 <laughs> well i think i've only done three too okay. on that list so okay so I'm bad me you. okay <laughs> slap my hand bad girl um i am gonna do deerfield and the the addison the Vitruvian's supposed to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I, anyway, if any of you live in Dallas, you might appreciate some of these, and you might even know of some places that you can go that are kind of off off the beaten path. I know a lot of the towns, like Plano, McKinney. All the downtown. All the downtown Mm -hmm. towns have their own display of stuff. So I know that uh, tomorrow night Steve and I are going to go. He lives in McKinney. We're going to go to the downtown McKinney and see what they have going on. Even though we can't find anything about it online, it doesn't make sense that they wouldn't have something. Mm-hmm. Ah, we're going to check it out. Right. So anyway, Carla, thank you for doing this with me today. Absolutely. Do you want to add anything? No, I just can't wait to see what you're called when you're a grandparent. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh. And those new traditions. You know, I, I'm thinking realistically it's probably four to five years in my future. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm only 56. I don't want to be a grandparent yet. I know, ready. but I'm, I'm just anxious to see the transition of that. Me too. You know, because you know what? As, as small children actually annoy the crap out of me, mm-hmm. mostly because it's not actually the child per se. It's the lack of parenting that's done with the child. Mm-hmm. When you bring a child into a nice restaurant and right. the child's, le- you know, crying and, and they just sit there like nothing's happening. I don't think you're going to have that issue with your grandchildren. I don't think I will either. Yeah. Mm-mm. 
So I know when it's my grandkid, I'm going to think the world of this grandchild. Yeah. So things will change. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, thank you for having me. Oh no, it's a pleasure. I, I want to have you again. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. So anyway, this is you know the joy of traditions old and new, and I'm sure you all have your own traditions that you do, or maybe hearing what we talked about today, you'd be like, huh. Eh. Hmm, maybe I'll try something else, you know? Mm. We've been doing this for so long. Let's change it up a little bit. Add something. Add something or delete something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they be, need to be removed from the shell. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, thank you all for joining me today. I do have two books out there. Headstrong, Surviving a Traumatic Brain Injury Without Losing My Mind, which talks about the accident. And the other book is called Heart Strong, Overcome Obstacles and Live Life to the Fullest. So that, uh, that one I kind of dug deep for, and I did go back into my childhood and my marriage and kind of really just kind of just let it all out. We all have our obstacles, right? Yes. Yours may be different from mine. I do have a website, kickitwithdonna.com. You can listen to my other podcasts on there. And I'm also on iTunes Radio, Google Play, and I can never remember the names. I need to write them down. I need to plaster it on my hand. Yeah, yeah there are two. Put it on, your put it on, on your my phone. phone, you know, like yeah. put it on my phone because I remember great. two and the other two like, eh, yeah, whatever. So you can listen to my podcast. If you have anything that you want to add or share, I'd love to hear from you. So please contact me. And I will not see you or talk to you again until next Tuesday. So have a good one. Bye. Bye.